Hello everyone, thank you so much for joining me on the Hope for Today broadcast. I'm your host, Doran Wengerd, founder of Wengerd Ministries, where we are delivering hope to every heart. I'm excited and glad that you've taken the time to connect with us. And you know, if you've been impacted by these messages and you'd like to partner with us, please text the word GIVE to 844-333-7227. And then you can just follow the prompts, put in your information, and you can give right there. And we're so grateful for that. Grateful that you can be a part of getting the message of the gospel sent around the world. Now, I've titled the message today, Dead or Alive. I was reading just recently through Acts and Romans, and I'm just amazed at how the early church responded to the message of the gospel. You know, they had plenty of reasons, as well as the religious leaders did, to stick to their traditions and to reject the message of Jesus. Because, you know, that's all they knew. That's all they understood. And for 400 years, there was a time of silence. So along comes John the Baptist and then Jesus, and, and they have a different message. And so I'm amazed at how the early church just grabbed onto the message of Jesus and realized the transforming power of God in their life and the transforming power of repentance. And what I don't think uh, any of them initially really understood was how it changes the very makeup of their being, how it changes who they are on the inside, because so much of their life had just been physical. And when they became born again, it was a spiritual transformation. In 1 John 1, 5, it says, This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. So I know that Paul understood this. He says God is light and he describes this about God. Now, I want you to think about that and just add it to all the other things that we've read in the Bible about God. And just keep that verse in the back of your mind. Envision God being light with no darkness in him at all. And then in 1 John 4, 15 and 16, it says, Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love. And he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. So when I look at the early church and how they interacted with Jesus and then Paul comes along and he... He is the one that's really giving them revelation and giving them understanding. When I say the early church, I mean the the early, even uh, John the Baptist preaching, people were repenting and turning to him and, and really being transformed. And yet there was so much more, so much more that God wanted to show them. And so when we read how, the way Paul describes this, we see that he's describing the light of God, the love of God, and that that is being placed into us. So if you think of it, God is light, God is love. In fact, think of it this way. God is love and he is light. In him is no darkness. God is light with no darkness. God is life with no death. God is love with no hate. See, he's pure. Every one of those components is singular in him. There's no corruption. There's no, he's like a pure diamond with no uh, no spot in it, no crack, nothing to, to change the light. It's pure and perfect. 
So if you remember the fruits of the Spirit, that's exactly what each one of us has when we are filled with the Spirit of God because He places Himself inside of us. So His purity goes into us. Now I want to read Ephesians 5 verses 8 through 14 and I want you to see this here. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light, For whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, Awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. I don't think we need to look very far at all to see the darkness around us and to realize that there is much exposing to be done. It is our job as children of the light to expose the works of darkness. See, all you need to do in a a dark room is just turn on a light. The light expels the darkness. The darkness cannot stay as soon as there's a light there. So we have a lot of darkness that needs to be exposed, but we won't do it on our own. We will do it by the light of the life of God in us. So here's your question. Are you dead or alive? How much fruit does a dead tree produce? Do you have fruit? I was talking to my father, my heavenly father, the other evening, and he asked me a question. And he said, which one of these is worse? To be deceived while seeking God, or to be deceived thinking that you found him? And I really had to think about that. It's a riddle. I love when he asks riddles of me and and forces me to think deeply about it. Because I had an initial thought that many people, you know, would would want to say, be careful, don't get pulled into heresy of some kind where a person's preaching something other than the truth of the Word of God. And I, I agree with that. But the more I thought about that question, I kept thinking about actually a verse in Deuteronomy 4.29. It says, but from there you will seek the Lord your God and you will find him if you seek him with all your heart and with all your soul. So we have many promises that when we seek with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind, when, when we seek him completely, we will find him. So the promise that I stand on actually cancels out that first part of the question. We won't be deceived. We will find him. So is it worse to be deceived thinking that you have found him? And I would say, yes, it is. That was my answer to the Lord that to think that you've already found him means you're no longer seeking. It means you're no longer digging and, and looking for more. And I know we've all read Jeremiah 29, 11, And if you haven't, go look it up. But I want to read Jeremiah 29, verses 12 and 13. So let's look at that here. He says, Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Again, there's promises like this all through the word where he says, you will find me, you will find me, I will make myself findable to you. So do you see here that the key to this entire thing is to have a pure heart, 
trusting God and to keep pressing into him. Never stop seeking him and I promise you, you will find him. He promises you, you will find him. But when you find him, keep seeking more of him. There's always more. There's more to discover. Don't get complacent thinking, oh, I think I've got it figured out. There's always more. So I started out this message today with the title, Dead or Alive. Now that may seem like a strange title to you, but it really is a question that every person must take the time to answer. Is your connection or relationship with God dead or alive? Are you actively seeking Him every day? Or are you at the place where you think you've already found everything there is to know about Him? Now, I'm not saying this to get you to question whether or not you're saved. That is a separate question. And if you are not born again, please look, seek someone out, become born again, go to the Lord, say, Lord, I want to become born again. It's not a complicated process. Believe that Jesus died for your sins and say, Lord, I want to believe that and receive all that you have for me. But I would say that a majority of the people who are truly saved and born again are still what I would call saved and powerless. So what fruit is evident in your life? Are you filled with light or darkness? Are you consumed by love or are you troubled by hate? Are you drawing on God's eternal life in your body or does sickness have the upper hand with you? I'd like to read a few more verses that I kept thinking about when it talks about light and darkness. And so I want to look at um, Matthew 6, verses 22 and 23. And this is Jesus talking here. And he says, The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? So he's asking every person to take stock. He's saying, are you full of light or are you full of darkness? So when you're truly seeking something, you're looking for it. You're digging. These two verses are really about where your focus is at. Are you focused on God's light or on sin's darkness? Now, I'm wondering if we can ever say that we've found out everything that there is to find out about God. What is it that you've discovered today that you didn't have previously? What, what will you discover tomorrow that will change the way that you see God from now on? See, we should be discovering new things about him every day. He says in his word that we will find him when we seek him with all of our heart, but he doesn't say that we will discover all there is to know immediately. So keep digging, keep seeking, keep looking after him, keep pressing into him. I think God is so big and so amazing that we should be discovering new things about him all the time. And I'm not saying this to discourage you. I'm saying this to spur you on. Discover new things about your Heavenly Father continually. Never stop. It's amazing. It's an adventure to discover new things about Him. And He will lead you. He says, I will, I will be findable. So it is an adventure to dig in and to find new things about Him. It's in this discovery of new things that you also discover new and amazing things about yourself and also about what you're called to do in your life. See, discovering him is also discovering who he is in you. And he told me one time, he said, when you are who I call you, I am myself in you. So we're, when we are clothed in him, we are protected from all forms of darkness. 
The devil wants us to stay in darkness, but God wants us to cast it off. So I'm going to look at Romans uh, 13, verse 12. And that's exactly what he says there. He says, the, the night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Now, if you think of it, right now, I mentioned this before, there's plenty of darkness around us. He's saying, cast off the darkness and put on the armor of light. See, the light of God is described as an armor. We are kept safe by the light of God. It's, it's outlined even more clearly than in the following verses. I want to read those, verses 13 and 14. He, he says, let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. See, these are decisions that we make. These are things that, that they, they're the deciding factors, whether we are full of light or full of darkness, whether we focus on the light and allow the light of God to be penetrating from the inside out through us, or whether we're blocking it by focusing on works of darkness. See, this is our choice. This is why every day we stand at a crossroad multiple times a day. We're constantly faced with the decision to cast off darkness or to welcome it. So remember, this does not change whether you're born again or not. You didn't have to get perfect to come to him. So why do people think they need to run away from God the moment they make a mistake? No, while you were yet sinners, Christ died for you. So he died for you when you weren't perfect. So when you make a mistake, he's there for you. This is not a complicated process and he is a good father. It's because, you know, we've somehow been given this idea that God will want nothing to do with us if we've made a mistake. It's like he, he, he will cast us away. But remember, he's your father if you've been born again. And he's a good father. He is the safest place that you can run to. Don't run away from him. Run to him. And he will restore you. He's light. And the light that he has is your armor. The light of God exposes the darkness and frees us from its grip. Darkness cannot hold us when we walk into the light. Now, I'd like to go back to uh, 1 John 1. I started out just quoting a verse there, and I, I want to just read verses 6 through 9. Uh, these verses are the description of where I'd like to leave us. Verse 6 says, If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So there is a promise that he says, and every time we go with these verses and we say, we want to walk in the light. You go to your father and you say, I want to walk in the light. And when you do, you have fellowship with one another. Did you notice that in verse 7? It's, it's, a, it's like a sign that we are walking in the light when we can love someone who's made a mistake. So when someone around you makes a mistake, can you allow the blood of Jesus Christ to cleanse him or her from all sin as well in the same way that you will allow it to cleanse you from all sin? Many of us want to cast the first stone of judgment when we ourselves are in need of grace. 
God himself shows us the love that he has for us by how we treat each other. This is the sign to those around us. He said, you will be known by how you love each other. So this happens as we serve each other while we're being led by the Holy Spirit. And he says, love and serve each other. In 1 John 3, verse 14, it says, we know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. He who does not love his brother abides in death. So it's one thing, you know, we, we can be, you know, encouraged and told that we pass from death to life. And that last verse is amazing. And that's really where the title for the message comes from. But it's easy to say that we love God because he's always perfect. Of course, why wouldn't we love him? He's perfect and he's done everything for us. But there's nothing about God that we, you know, we, we wouldn't already feel compelled to love automatically. But what about your brother or sister in the Lord? What about that coworker who's constantly a, sor- a source of frustration and irritation? Love deeply. Walk in the light as he is in the light. Be assured that your heart, in your heart is that light, the light of God. The li- that light is your armor and your friend, and darkness is your enemy. Resist anything that would seem to be pulling you into darkness or that would make you feel like you need to hide from God. Do not be condemning of others. 1 John 2.10 says that we have nothing to stumble over when we're loving our brother or sister unconditionally. There's something so freeing about loving people with no strings attached. You know what I mean? No strings. We say no strings attached, and that means no expectations for them. We simply love. Now, if they have problems and they have questions, we can lead them and we can help them, but not as condemning and saying, you're not worthy because every person has been, every person has been forgiven by Jesus. Jesus died for the sins of the world. The devil will try to get you to condemn others, but that's when you remind him of who you are in Christ and that God will lead anyone who needs it into repentance. And then just, it's the same way as he led you into repentance when you were lost in darkness and sin. So you tell the devil that, get away from me, because that person that you want me to condemn is being led into repentance and into righteousness and freedom. So be dead to sin and condemnation, but be alive to the light and love of God already at work in you. Notice the Holy Spirit shaping and molding you into the image and likeness of Jesus as you abide in the light. Thank you so much for joining me today. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. God bless you.